I actually kind of like to scroll really far back on my page and just see the growth because it's pretty cringy when I look at it now, but it's cool to see the growth. I always tell people like, don't delete your old stuff, save it, look at it. It shows you how far you've come. But I really just focused on educating, but not educating other hairstylists. I think that's where it gets twisted sometimes is as hairstylists, we feel like we need to share our formulas and this, that, and the other. Clients don't care about that. That's Chinese to them. Welcome to the Hairpreneur Show, the show that teaches you, the hair pro, how to work smarter so you can make more, work less, and live a purpose-driven life on your schedule, not your clients. I'm your host, Ryan Whedon, and each week I'll teach you awesome, actionable ways to tap into your personal greatness. Through marketing mindset and confidence training, it's time to unlock the next level of you. Let's grow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Hairpreneur Show. I'm your host, Ryan Whedon. Today, we've got an awesome guest, somebody that I know very well now and we've gotten to know very closely over the last year and slightly before that. She was a mob ambassador who became a mob educator and then became the mob director of education in a very short amount of time. And I can't wait to pick her brain and see what insights she has to offer others on her journey to success. So welcome, everybody, to The Hairpreneur Show, Emily Mulbauer. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you here. Thanks for showing up virtually. We're virtual, in case yeah, you're watching of course. this. Of course. Yeah, you're in Wyoming, so it's not really right around the corner. No, <laughs> not at all. Like a beautiful place. All the pictures that you show all the time, and you're in Casper, right? Yep, I'm in Casper. So that's considered like a big city in Wyoming, but our population is around 60,000 people, so... It's relatively small, but I love that like I have what I need here. I have Target. Like I can get into the mountains in like 15 minutes and I can get just like to complete, I don't know, relaxation and solitude really quickly. That's amazing. I feel like that's more of us need in, in everyday life. You know, we need those places to escape to. And it sounds like you just have to kind of open up your front door and you're probably in the middle of nowhere, which I've seen pictures in a matter of minutes. And that just looks awesome awe-inspiring it is it's very cool it's i feel like a little underrated i get really excited when people like come visit here because like there's so much beauty that it just sounds like i told somebody recently that i lived in wyoming and they were like i'm sorry i was like no i, I picked this <laughs> <laughs> why would they say i'm sorry like because it just sounds like a terrible state i guess i don't what? know what yeah well, I mean, wyoming is you, you go there to ski right you go there to vacation i mean if you're looking to get away and see just absolute scenic beauty. Wyoming would be at the top of my list. And I've never yeah, been. you should come. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting on my invite. I'll show you around. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. I would love that. So you have quickly accelerated to a pretty prominent role in mob education here. And, you know, of course, I saw your potential. And I like to think that I was part of helping you move through the ranks just quickly. Because I, when I see talent, I like to we'll do whatever I can to support that. And I saw you and you just showed up from day one as a mob ambassador. You helped us out at our first hero event. And from that day forward, it's like you never really let down. You made your intentions known that you wanted to do more. And we're very alike in that way, where the whole GSD, get shit done principle, you just do it. You put your mind in a certain area of focus and you just go. Yeah, you know, I think that, yes, I did go very quickly from like ambassador to educator and now director of education. And that I'm so proud of that, but it also like brings me to a lot of kind of imposter syndrome. If we're going to talk about challenges, people like my clients or other hairstylists, they ask me like, how did that happen? What did you do? And a lot of times my answer is just, I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I know I had goals, but a lot of times I ask myself, like, why was I the one given this opportunity? Why, why me? There are so many talented people out there and so many hard workers out there. I will say when I became a mob ambassador, my big goal with that was to just see, I always thought education was a goal of mine. Like that just, I didn't know though, like, is it just the next step that sounds right? Or is it actually something that I would love? So my goal when I became an ambassador was just figure out if education is actually something I love, or is it just, meh, let's try this out because it seems like the next step. And I just wanted to go to as many classes as I could and assist as many classes as I could. And the first one I assisted was a class in Colorado and it was Ray, Alec, Jill and Alyssa were both there who all of them are mob educators who are wonderful. And then April, who is an ambassador in Colorado. And I just remember thinking like, these are my people. Like this is the kind of people I want to surround myself with. Everybody was so just like team focused. There was no feeling of I'm the educator, you're my assistant. It was, we all had the same goal, like teach a great class, make sure the students are happy, inspire people. And I just left there like buzzing with, I need to do more of this. This is it. So that's what I did. And I just went to as many as I could. And then Hero was the first time that I got to meet you, which was awesome. And I remember being so nervous, like so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> ah, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> now I talk now to you I like multiple times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very normal. And you talk about imposter syndrome. I mean, I feel that every day still. And I'm like, I'm the CEO and founder of you know, a growing company and we're doing really well. And, and I still show up some days to work and I'm like, who am I? <laughs> what am I doing? How did I get this awesome job <laughs> that I get to show up for every day? <laughs> but I think that is part of it, showing up. You know, you show up, you put your best foot forward and then it's consistent practice after that. And that's what I think what you did. You also saw that you wanted to be part of something bigger and you wanted to help people. You wanted to be part of a kind of a movement you know, and you found your niche in education, you figured out that you liked it. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to see where this journey takes me. Yep. I don't want to make it sound like it was just, oh, I became a mob ambassador. And then bam, I was told no a lot before I became a mob ambassador. I applied with other companies, you know, and they would say, oh, yeah, send us a video of you teaching and I would never hear back. And that was super disappointing. And those phrases, you know, of like, rejection is God's protection or one door closes so another can open. I was always like, yeah, okay. Like, that's just something people say to someone so that they feel better about being rejected. Like, that's not real. But now I fully believe that like, that's what happened for me. Because at that time in my life, when I was applying elsewhere, and it was before I had kids, and you know, I was a different person. I was a completely different person before I had my kids. And I don't think I would have thrived. I think I needed to like go through all of those things in the order that I did in order to come to where I'm at. Right. When those opportunities do come, you actually are more, sometimes a lot more humble and more grateful because of it. The door has finally opened, like all of that struggle, all of that rejection actually was leading to something like you had mentioned. And then you can look back and since things weren't handed to you, you really appreciate those moments that finally have arrived for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like now I'm so grateful every time I like get on a plane and go to a mob class, I'm just excited. Of course it's a lot. It's they're exhausting, you know, <laughs> it's a lot to travel and, but I love it. And it's funny once I get home, I like start looking at my calendar, like, okay, when's the next one? It's just like this, I don't know, addictive almost. The energy around it is wonderful. That's great. Now, before you got into Masters of Balayage and the role you're in now, what did your life look like as a hairstylist? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. So I've been 
in the industry for about 15 years and I'll give you like a very short cliff's notes of how I got to where I'm at now. But I started out in Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I grew up. I went to hair school there. And after my husband and I got married, we moved out here to Wyoming. And then we actually ended up moving back to the Midwest. So we kind of ping ponged a little bit for a few years there. I felt like I never really got my footing. I never really was able to build and thrive because I was like moving to new states and obviously that's difficult. And I was having babies. I have two kids. They're six and three now. And my career really got put on the back burner so that I could be in the thick of that newborn, toddler, all of that. And so then we made the decision to move back to Wyoming when my oldest was, I think, four and my youngest was one. So I actually haven't been back here for too terribly long, two years. And when I moved back, I thought, do I just stay home with my kids? Like, is this what I do? Because rebuilding a clientele again just sounded really exhausting. And putting two kids in full-time childcare is a very hefty bill when you don't know if you're going to have income. And it was just all really scary. And it was really like, what do I do? And I actually, it's funny, I went to a class about two weeks before moving back to Wyoming. So I was in Kansas City and there was this big class going on and I was like, maybe I should go to that but it was really expensive. And I was like, oh my gosh, this makes me nauseous spending this much money, but I'm going, I'm going. And so I went to it and I thought this class is just gonna tell me like, am I reigniting my passion or am I taking a different path and being a stay-at-home mom for a little while, which I praise all the stay-at-home moms. I think it's the most challenging thing. I cannot do it. I think it's a great like gift to be able to give your kids, but that would have been a huge sacrifice for me to stay home. And going to that education class really just reignited everything for me. And I came home from it and I told my husband, like, I'm doing it. And he was like, all right, you're doing it. Find a daycare. Like, we'll reevaluate in six months. If you're in the red, like, we'll talk. But here out here in Wyoming, it's also kind of challenging to build because there aren't really commission salons. I think where I live, there's one. So everything's pretty much booth rent. Yeah. So that's scary. To You don't have a lot of support. So you have to find your own clientele, right? Yeah. You got to hustle. So that's what I did. And I really, really leaned into Instagram and just that was my main source of marketing. And I kind of lucked out because Wyoming's a little behind the times. So Instagram was not a saturated market at all with hairstylists. Like if someone searched hashtag Wyoming hairstylist, I was probably the only photos coming up. And they're like, well, there's my girl. Like (laughs) there's nobody else. So I built really quickly through that. Just, I bet in six months I had full book wait list. Like it just kind of blew up because a lot of people also, we don't get a ton of education opportunities out here. So again, not a lot of people doing balayage. And what were you doing to market yourself on Instagram? Like, what were your posts like? What were your captions like? Do you remember that early on? Right at first, I actually kind of like to scroll really far back on my page and just see the growth because it's pretty cringy when I look at it now, but it's cool to see the growth. I always tell people like, don't delete your old stuff, save it, look at it. It shows you how far you've come. But I really just focused on educating, but not educating other hairstylists. I think that's where it gets twisted sometimes is as hairstylists, we feel like we need to share our formulas and this, that, and the other. Clients don't care about that. That's Chinese to them. Like talk to them with what their struggles are. And so that's what I really tried to do is just always be educating, make it a place where clients would want to go and learn something, figure something out, like solve one of their pain points. So yeah, just really starting with educating them. One trick that like to get content that helped me a lot is if I had a client in my chair, like for a whole day, 
I would just ask every single client, what's your biggest hair struggle right now? And I would obviously help them through it and talk them through it there on the spot, but I would keep a mental note and even kept like a notes page in my phone, my client's hair struggles. And then when I was writing an Instagram caption, I could just go to that page and be like, all right, this is what I'm talking about. And I was helping people. And it was like free content that I didn't have to think about. Now, is that something that you innately knew or did you read books on that? Because that's the first step in real marketing is first, you're, I mean, you're targeting a specific kind of a customer, but then you're also targeting, you're addressing the problems and how you can actually provide a solution. I don't know. I didn't like read anything about it. Or I didn't, I'm definitely not a master in marketing. I just... Full book in six months, you kind of are... You know, you're an early adopter. You saw the you saw that trend happening, and that's also part of like that, that mindset. You know, you're looking for okay, how can I get ahead? What's the best way to market myself in a new area without a clientele? What are people not doing that I can do? Boom, Instagram. Obviously, you did hashtags as well so that people could find you, and then you're addressing their problems and saying, "Hey, you know, this is if you're having a challenge with this, I'm your girl. I can help you get past this confidently and give you that result that you're after." Yeah. And hashtags was a a big, huge one. uh, This is actually kind of a funny story. So I did really hone in on like my ideal client. I knew like who I like to be around, you know, we're together for three, four hours. I wanted to be spending that. Like I, at this point in my life, I don't super relate to like a 19 year old girl that's going to the club. Like that's not me. I want moms that are like chasing kids and wiping butts and going to the farmer's market. Like, <laughs> has that ever been you going to the club? I, you just don't seem like... Yeah. It has. Oh, it's probably like Jenny. Jenny was like that too. Yeah. She was a party girl. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always hard to like imagine what somebody was used to be like when they're so put together now like you. <laughs> oh gosh. Put together that. Ryan. <laughs> oh, well, we don't know Thank behind you. the I'm scenes, glad you think right? I'm put together. <laughs> People think I'm put together. Wait until you see me behind the scenes. <laughs> right. Everybody has that. I feel like we're all a little bit messy. Like it's just what it is. But yeah, so I really focused on who I wanted to be When I was at work, like that was my me time being at work because it was my time away from kids. And I don't know, I wanted it to be fulfilling. So one hashtag that I started using is was Wyoming Mama. And this is so funny. So I started getting these clients and I haven't talked to my client about this. So I'll call her Jessica. Um, I started getting all these people in my chair. I think there was like five in within like a two week period. And they were all saying, oh, Jessica referred me. Jessica referred me. And I was like, who's Jessica? <laughs> like, I have no idea what this is, but I was taking it. So finally I found, I went through my followers and I found a blogger named Jessica and I sent her a message and I was like, I think I owe you a big thank you. A lot of people have been like saying that you referred them and she wrote me back and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm super established with my hairstylist, but like, I want to come to you. And so I've just been sending all my friends to you. (laughs) How about that? That's like a pretty amazing compliment. Yeah. And now I do her hair. It's incredible. She made her way over and she's like one of my favorites, but it's just so funny. I was like, you can get referrals from people who aren't even your clients. If you just hashtag, right? (laughs) Right. So she found you through a hashtag and then she was, was she writing a blog about Wyoming moms or something. And then she, yep, okay. so she's a blogger. And so she has her own Instagram page and she would often use that hashtag and came across a pretty hair photo and started following me and the rest was history. Wow. I now do like her whole friend group. That's incredible. Yeah. Pretty cool. Now when you're posting for Instagram, is there anything that you've changed in your technique from what, when you had first started to try to get clients as to what you do now? Yeah, for sure. That was a kind of a tough transition for me too, because 
I'm not really trying to build my clientele anymore. I have closed my books to new guests, which I mean, is not something that I usually recommend doing. If you're a growing hairstylist, scale your business, don't close your books, but I have some other things going on and other passions like mob that's growing. And so I'm growing with that, but I have closed my books to new clients. So I got a little like confused there for a while. I was like, well, I shouldn't really be talking to clients anymore. Cause then if they reach out, I'm like, no, sorry, that doesn't make any sense. So I've really shifted to now I'm speaking to other hairstylists and really trying to help them through techniques and color formulas. And that's my ideal client now, if you will, is other hairstylists. Well, cause you're an educator now and you're in the education space. So of course now the customers are not your clients anymore because they're already your customers. But since you're moving in a different direction at the same time, now you're trying to reach other stylists and educate them on how to be better behind the chair. So it's funny how things can shift along the same page, but what is consistent is that one time you're always focusing on a particular type of a person, which probably makes what you post a lot easier to plan. Because one issue that I see and it's a really big problem that I think a lot of hair stylists are having trouble with is they're trying to be everything to everybody. They're trying to put great work out there. They want everybody to like it, clients, stylists, everybody. And by doing that, really nobody's going to like it because it's not like you're, you're not really addressing any particular problems. You're just like, here's my great work. Here's my great work. Clever caption, clever caption. It's not really targeting anybody, you know, so they're not really selling anything. And if you're trying to get clients in your chair, then make that your focus. If you're trying to win awards for hairstyling and whatnot, and that's your goal to really stand out amongst your peers, then make that your focus. But trying to do both, it's almost impossible. It's really confusing to the audience too, I think. Like that's where I struggled with kind of trying to blur it. Like, oh, some posts I'll do towards clients and then other posts I'll do towards other hairstylists. And I feel like it just got really weird. And so I was finally like, all right, I'm talking to my hairstylist now. And my clients actually love it. Like, they're like, I'm amazed. Like, you're a magician. Like, I have no idea what any of those words and numbers mean. And so they kind of think it's cool too. Right. And I've had my own identity struggles too, especially recently when I'm like, when I had was working on uh, my own salon and I had my own clients and I was trying to attract them, but then I'm creating an b- education business. And then I've got this podcast and I'm like, who the hell am I? <laughs> what am I supposed to post anymore? But then I'm like, okay, you know what? Although my identity has kind of shifted and I'm doing a bunch of different things, it's, I have to stay focused on my message and my message is I'm here to help other stylists grow. And whether they're part of my team, whether they're uh, uh, mob students, just whether they're just students in general in the industry, that is my people. I don't care to try to teach balayage to somebody that already knows everything in balayage. That's not my customer. It's people that want to learn it, that want a strong foundation. And for the longest time, I was trying to really make sure that I was appealing to experts in the industry already. And I'm like, that's, they're not going to buy my product anyway. So why do I even try to sell it to them? You know? I need to focus on they're those. They're selling their own education. They're selling their own. I need to focus on the ones that I can really, truly help. And there are a lot of them. And that's what I do best. It makes it easier too, because I've just had several moments where I just like, you almost get into a, a rut where you're like, you don't know what to post or you don't post anything because you're just unsure where to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I can totally relate to that. So what's next for you? I mean, I know that we're you're growing in mob and we've got a lot of stuff coming up. But now that this is going in an awesome direction, like where do you see yourself in a couple of years? Have you thought about that? Have you looked ahead yet? Yeah. I mean, hopefully right there next to you. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Just, I want to continue like 
just like your vision with the education, creating that experience for people and making hairstylists just feel inspired. Like, and I, one of the things that I love about mob classes too, is like the no secrets approach. Everything is out there. Like I've been to classes before where, you know, you sit in the front row and you're almost told like, oh, you have to come to 2.0 to get that information. And so that's one thing that I love and I want to like keep going and just like building a team and elevating the experience over and over and over and over. Those are my goals. Awesome. And I know that you mentioned something that you're looking forward to, and that's our hero event. You were at the first hero event, which was last year. And from all the, uh, aside from all the technical problems that we had, that was, oh, 2019. No, that was we last year. We all just erased last year from our but memory. But it was, it was last no. year. It was last year. It happened right before everything got shut down. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're right. But it feels like two years ago because totally. that was the last time we were in person. And then about a week and a half later, the whole world kind of shut down. So we are blessed and grateful that that actually, we had that opportunity to have our first one because we learned a lot from that show. It was amazing, but the amount of knowledge we can take with us toward our next show is priceless. And now we've got this show, The Next Hero, I mean, we turned it into a retreat at this beautiful beach, Clearwater, Florida. People are signing up still every day. We've got, I think, close to 370 people already registered for this thing. And by the time it comes, it'll most likely be over four. It's going to be so awesome, so thrilling. What are you looking forward to it the most for? Like, What is it about Hero that is really getting you going? I think just all the inspiration. Like, I love a good hair class, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing like leaving somewhere and just feeling inspired. And like, I can do amazing things. I can do hard things. I can do anything I want. Like, that's what I'm most looking forward to and seeing all the students have that, have those feelings and seeing our team really shine. Like the ambassadors, we have such cool plans for our ambassadors and watching them work as a team and seeing them create amazing work and just all of it. I'm just so excited. And if you're listening, we want you to go to Hero. By the time you listen to this, it's probably only going to be about a month left until Hero. But if you can make the trip to Clearwater, Florida for a day or two, I think there's only one day tickets left. We'll be by that point. It's still going to be absolutely worth it. That's the main event day. It's going to be just a full day of just incredible education, inspiration, guidance, coaching, branding, business, like all of the above. It's going to be so, so cool. And I'm not stressed out at all about leading up to this. You're going to do so great. (laughs) You are going to do so great. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I know that we're all going to do incredible, but just like the planning that goes into one of these events. And I think about like, the BTC show and and how big their shows are, you really have to start planning about a year in advance, which I'm sure they do, maybe even two years in advance to some degree, you know? So our next one, as we continue to grow in the next one in 2022, we're, we're going to be doing this every year for sure. We're going to have to start planning it almost immediately. So it's like, we're going to start to have people that are like, okay, you're on the hero planning team. There you go. Get started. All right. Sign me up. <laughs> where are we going to go? Ooh, where, where are we going to go? We should go to somewhere different. Ooh, so we'll have to think about that. Somewhere exotic because it's a retreat. I mean, it doesn't have to be a different country. It's, we want to make it accessible. We don't want to make it so obscure that like people can't get there. For sure. But super excited about that. Well, Emily, it's just been awesome chatting with you here in a very different type of a medium than we normally, normally we Zoom and it's meetings and, you know, 
we have an agenda and things and actually like here we're just getting to know you a little bit better and it's so so cool what is some advice some of your own secrets to success since we don't hold anything back that you can give to stylists that are maybe starting out maybe stuck maybe burnt out and they want more but they're not really sure how to get there what can you do to inspire them a little bit i'd say first off really really ignore anyone that is not supporting you if there's other stylists that are you know talking about your instagram posts in the back room like ignore them that doesn't matter that's that's on them that's jealousy it's ickiness so you really just have to focus make a vision board i remember you told me way back when make a vision board and focus on that and don't stop like just find your niche and if you have to say no to some things that don't align with your end goal say no to those things that's something that i really really had to learn recently because i you know had a couple different things reach out and like it's kind of exciting when like a brand reaches out to you and wants to collab it's like ooh, they like me everyone wants to be liked so i had to really be like okay does this align with my end goal and if not the answer has to be no so that's what i would say really hone in and just make that vision board and keep your eyes on it amazing advice Vision boards, I, I did that for many years of my life. And it's amazing. Like I could look back on those vision boards and just see like, oh, that actually happened. That actually happened. Cause it's like, you're just putting this energy out into the universe. And if you believe in all that stuff, which I do, it comes back. And as long as you think about it and you focus on that, the universe will answer what you're asking of it in some way or another. So it's very cool. Awesome advice. Love you to death, Emily. Thank you so much for being part of mob being part of our team, being part of this podcast. Of course, I'm honored. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening today and we'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please do me a favor, go to Emily's Instagram page at emilypaints.hair and give her a shout out, give her a follow and just say hi and, and thanks for all of her insight today. I love hearing from you. And by the way, have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Oh my gosh, if you haven't, please do so right now because there's so much cool stuff ahead. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because it would be much cooler if you did. Plus, I don't want you to miss any of the new episodes I'm dropping weekly. Last thing, if you haven't checked out ryanweeden.com yet, there are some great freebies on there that I want to give you. So go ahead and check it out, ryanweeden.com. Thank you so much for listening. You are awesome.